Why, hello there, my fellow kings and queens. Welcome to the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast, where you will learn how to rule over your Dynasty League for years to come. Now, allow me to introduce you to your hosts, Max, Peter, and Jace. Here we go, episode number 28 now, the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast, welcoming you all in on this beautiful Wednesday the 23rd of February, where I am, it is a chill 75 degrees out northeast. It's it's going to be anywhere between 65 and 75 tomorrow. Uh, I have 75, and I feel like it's going to chill at 65. Maybe maybe we're getting out of it. Maybe we're getting out of the uh, the cold, cold, bad, bad weather. But this is fake spring right now. This is. We're, we're getting into the fake spring weather. Uh, us, but Most Cleveland boys, we have snow coming on Friday. How lovely. Nothing like it. 50 and then snow. It's good. All right. Well, look, we can talk about the weather enough at our day jobs when we have to talk to people. But we're here to talk about some fantasy football. Um, today's episode, we have we have a great episode. We got Jason in the house, Max, super producer Nick C, and then special guest Kev K here to talk some trade. Kev K is one of the this is a Nixie phrase, tapped in. One of the most tapped in guys in fantasy football really knows his prospects and, and knows how to trade and get good value for trades. So we brought Kev K in. Um, this episode is going to be primarily about setting up your offseason and how to not only take pre-combine trades and start working them into your draft moving forward and then free agency, et cetera, but also how to analyze your team. We're going to be analyzing a team from Reddit, team Art Vandelay, any Seinfeld lovers out there, guy must have named his team uh, after Mr. George Costanza's alias. Uh, but before we get started, Max, what do we got? Yeah, you know, I always talk on the podcast about like, if you want a good trade, you come to me. If I'm never like, if I'm not available, which is, this is just, it's very slim, you know. Biggest rarity of all. You go to Kev K. Kev K, I, when, we, when I was like a trade episode, I was like, I'm inviting Kev K to the episode. I overruled the other monarchs. I don't really care. Kev K is coming on. I'm glad Kev K could be here. Kev K, one of my favorites to trade with. So welcome on board. I have a I have a funny feeling the fantasy godfather is uh, working his background magic, trying to get in Kev K's favor to get a deal done. I have no deals on the table right now. It's a rare time for me. All right, Kev. No, seriously, we're we're happy to have you on. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me. Good to be back for the second time around. Um, yeah, like Max said, always down to make a deal. Peter and I are kind of going back and forth right now. We have a little deal in place. We'll talk, about, we'll talk about it later. We have a little deal in place. Uh, pieces are set. Side pieces are moving. Exactly. Um, but before we get into today's episode, I did want to mark, we are going to let this go on Wednesday, the 23rd, but right now we're recording on Tuesday, February. So the second month, 22nd, 2022 in the 22nd year, happy number Tuesday. I wanted to, to start off. So get everybody's brain going a little bit. Who's your favorite number two? Wow. Wow. Who's your favorite number two? We'll start. Ooh. We'll start. I'm I'm feeling really decisive today. Really happy. So we'll start with Jace. Get to Max. Kev K. Nick C. And then I'll wrap it up. Man, I gotta I gotta think of some people with the number two. There's a lot of players on the board. See, the thing is, I didn't want to like outright tell you guys before because it's more spur mm-hmm. of the moment. Spur spur of the moment gets you going. Yeah the the first one that pops into my head is uh, Kyrie Irving when he was wearing two with the Cavs. 
and this is a little bit, you know, pre I won out of Cleveland and stuff like that. But initially him hitting that shot, you know, giving us a championship, I, I'll never forget that. So Kyrie wearing number two in the Cleveland Cavs jersey is probably my favorite number two of all time, just off the top of my head. Does he wear number two? I think he wears number two. Let me let me just double check this real quick because oh boo no 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 boo yeah he does okay so when I when you first said this question it's probably the most wacky answer you could probably see Lamelo Ball I I don't know oh he's drippy yucky um, I saw him all All Star Weekend it's just what came to my head Peter you wanted the honest truth I could have went on Google and picked out somebody that's else that's your favorite number two number Peter, two doesn't could. necessarily have to be a number my number two isn't a number well then that's I will get. I can't wait to get to yours, but that's who came to my head first, Peter. I, I have to cut back in. I got to retract my statement as Kyrie Irving. I knew that felt wrong. Just I actually have a video on my phone of when the news dropped. He wanted out of Cleveland. Someone took a video of me, and I just look dead inside. Um, but John Wall is easily my favorite number two. I had trouble remembering because he was number eleven at Kentucky. That watching him play um, before he went to Kentucky, watching his hoop mixtapes, and watching him all through college, he was. Easily the guy who made me fall in love with basketball. Uh, my gamer tag on Xbox is John Waller too. So that I have a huge fat ahead of him. I, I can't believe I forgot that John Wall for sure. Hey, look, if you're in the MW2 lobbies and heard a little kid cursing, you'd know it was uh, <laughs> John Waller too. Yeah, John Chase Waller Berg. too. Watch out. Watch out. All right, Kev K, let's get it. So I'm going to go with a recent number two. And I'm going to go with famous Jameis Winston. Famous. So recently to the Saints, switched his number from three. He's two now. I mean, can you find a more dynamic player? Entertaining. <laughs> a more entertaining number two, I don't think. That's a W. That's E1. That's E1. That's a W. How many of you want to eat a W tonight? How many eat a W tonight? I don't think so. I mean, the guy's just a clown, but he is Crab so legs. fun to watch. <laughs> oh, yeah. Nick C, let's get it. What's your number two? Yeah, so I'm going to follow Kev's lead, another electric quarterback who played for the Cleveland Browns. I'm going to go Johnny Manziel. Hey. Definitely was the first dude to come to mind. Uh, pretty <laughs> polarizing guy, but can't really argue. One of the most electric college quarterbacks of all time. Um, I thought he was going to be the Browns' savior, and that was a dumpster fire. So GG's, but still have a sweet spot in my heart for Johnny Manziel. <laughs> that's fact johnny johnny was king johnny was king of the world for 15 minutes and then uh then it turned around hard on him you know <laughs> Jet, jets fandom wants me to say zach wilson but i'll refrain uh and say my favorite number two is juju smith schuster behind antonio brown 100 mm. the best number two that ever was in dynasty Ooh, that 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 is very true god that feels like a long time ago he was probably like the highest. He was like Jamar Chase level fantasy asset at one point. Yeah, I I remember him and Calvin Ridley just being like almost the same on the same tier at that point. Julio in front of Ridley at that time. Ridley was balling as the true two. Antonio Brown, the best wide receiver in the game at that time. Then Juju as his number two. I mean, yeah, that that was a good time in fantasy. I'm telling you, he was the best number two the league scene in probably the last like five years that one season he had was incredible um i'm surprised jace you didn't say your boy t higgins was your favorite number two yeah absolutely i i would give him a i, I give him the one b grade instead of a true number two i think 
Um, but yeah, I, I, I can't go away from my boy, John Wall, man. I sitting here thinking about him. I wish he was in the league right now. I might sit back and play some 2K13. And so wait, uh, what is, what's up courts. with him? Is he like not playing? Yeah, I just don't think he's got a deal right now. I think he's just a free agent looking for a deal, man. If Melo found a way back, he'll find a way back. So, Jace, yeah, that, uh, don't rip the fat head down too fast. No, no. I actually just moved apartments, and I made sure to slowly peel it off the wall, <laughs> put it back on its big sticker back, and, uh, yeah, put it in the box. I still got that thing. So The girlfriend lets you hang that up in the bedroom, right? I, I wouldn't say lets me, but um, <laughs> it's something that has to happen. It's really something that has to happen. All right. Well, that's going to wrap it up for our number two discussion. Uh, Peter. Nobody put nobody put a little dookie down there, little little <laughs> fat dump. Tyree Pete. kills peace sign is my number two. Hey, that could have been your favorite number two. Well, if that's the case, then yes. All right, we're gonna move forward, and in today's episode, we have reports. We're gonna talk about some post Super Bowl news that's come out, and again, we're gonna talk pre combine trade advice. Uh, pre-combine, pre-NFL free agency, stuff like that, where it's really like murky waters right now with your team and, and moving forward. You know, we got seven months till the season, sad as that is to say. Um, and then we're going to go into a little bit of a team analysis. Again, shout out uh, Team Art Vandalay on Reddit. Uh, guy's, a, guy's a beast and submitted his team a couple of weeks ago, but we're finally getting around to it right now. All right, moving on, we have a ad read. Jace, you want to do the ad read for us this week? Yeah, let's do it. Spice up your tailgate this season with the original Turf Truck Bed Liner. Support your team, company, or custom logo in their handmade vehicle liners. Designed and crafted in the U.S. of A. Perfect for tailgates, gyms, home offices, or anywhere you want to rep your favorite logo. Each product is pet, party, and workproof. Visit GameDayLiner.com and use the discount code DYNASTY22 uh, to score 15% off your custom liner. That's code DYNASTY22, all lowercase, at GameDayLiner.com to get 15% off your very own Turf Truck Bed Liner. Um, and to go along with that, follow them on Instagram at Game Day Liner. Check out all the things they got going on over there. They just recently did a giveaway. They got hats. They got little putting greens. They're doing all kinds of things over there. So make sure you check them out. And uh, putting sure green, our putting green is really cool. The putting green is really cool. Yeah, that invention is you know so old. It's been around for such a long time. But every time I see one, and I, I realize I don't have one, it, I just feel a, a hole in my life, a gaping hole in my life. So that's how you feel like a boss. Put on some Absolutely. suspenders, put it in your home office, and you'll feel like uh, you're the CEO of some huge hedge fund. Yeah, hell yeah. Put it, Get some nice dress clothes on, throw a little pipe in the mouth and sit there, you know, maybe have a little scotch <laughs> in your hand, let the rocks bounce off the glass, and, and feel like a king. Feel like a give true it a monarch. Little, give it a little smell. Mmm, notes of vanilla and oak. <laughs> All right. Please, please, please give us a follow on Twitter. We just reached 200 followers. Shout out Nixie, doing an incredible job, posting memes, keeping everybody up to date, polls, fantasy news, fantasy advice, all on our Twitter. It's at Dynasty Monarchy. Give us a follow. We're going to try to get to 1,000 by the time the season starts, and who knows, maybe we'll even shatter that before. With that being said, let's get into the reports from around the realm. It's been a minute since we've had reports. Yeah, it has been a minute since we've had reports finally back in the swing of things, all the fantasy playoff uh, craziness. And then it was fantasy playoff craziness, and then it was actual playoff craziness. Mm -hmm. uh, but we're finally back in a form. 
Our first report from around the realm that we have today, Aaron Rodgers was on Pat McAfee for what feels like the hundredth time. Again, no real news. He did have a sappy Instagram post about how much he loves people. It was really seemed like kind of like a drunk two in the morning Instagram post. Uh, how are we feeling about Aaron Rodgers moving forward? Just keep it brief because it's been over a year of us talking about this now. Uh, Aaron Rodgers will be leaving um, where he goes. I have no idea, but he will be leaving. I'm pretty confident in that. One. Royal decree. You're going to put your seal. Yes. Your, your house seals going to get put in wax on that letter. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I, I'm leaning towards he's going to stay, but I honestly have no idea. I, I, I do feel like he, he loves to toy with the media and he'll get on the McAfee show. And he even said it today. Oh yeah. I don't think about that stuff when I post, but he totally does. Like he, He's a smart, manipulative guy. And at the end of the day, like he he pumps his publicity and it's a good business move. So, um, yeah, I don't know. He came out of like a 12 day cleanse of some sort. I'm sure it was like some crazy like ritual yeah, where they sit out in the desert and sweat for 12 days yeah, and only drink water. Say, and his girlfriend like made homemade shampoo and rubbed they it broke on. up. They broke up. Now, apparently, people heard her in the the background of his Pat McAfee call today. Oh, unless mm. it's a new woman and he moves on pretty quick. Oh, interesting. Well, yeah, the I life know. of I've... a fantasy playboy, Aaron <laughs> Rodgers. Huh. Yeah, I, I feel like he came out of that cleanse and it, it turned into like a two a.m. drunk text. Like you said, it was just like, "I love dude. you guys." <laughs> yeah, the so. one guy at the bachelor party. Guys, this is so great. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So I, I don't know. He, it's going to be, it's always fun to follow. It's annoying because we play fantasy and we want to know what's going on with these different players, but I, I, it's going to be fun to follow along, but I, I don't know what he's going to do. Okay. Any thoughts? I mean, unless, unless you're going to be using him in the next two years, you don't want him on your team. So if you got him, move him. If you can, I mean, you're probably mo- most, likely scenario is you got to hold because he's an elite quarterback while he's going to play. So if you got him, you're probably holding them, but I don't, I don't think unless you're going win now, like right now, there's nothing you're really doing with him. Yeah. I think I might've mentioned it in an earlier episode. I'm just going to say this and then we can wrap up on the subject. I said it in an earlier episode, a couple episodes ago, the thing about Rogers a lot of people, there's a lot of fear. There's a lot of fear right now about Rodgers and Adams and a lot of those Green Bay assets. I can't speak for the running backs personally uh, because they're less Rodgers dependent. But when you look at Adams, I don't care if Aaron Rodgers is there or not next year. He is the greatest receiver in the National Football League, and he will find a way to be fantasy relevant no matter who's throwing on the ball. I don't even care if it's Jordan Love. He'll find a way, Right. He will find a way to be fantasy relevant. And then Rodgers, if he moves, he will be fantasy relevant because he will either have more assets and have a say where he's going to go or will stay. So I think for contenders, they're both great by by lows right now. Because again, even if Adams ends up walking and they blow the whole thing up in Green Bay, Adams isn't going to go cash out and go play for the Jets as much as I love the Jets and think that would be great for our team. And, you know, he could go there and be good time i think he'd finish you know around that 12 mark in that style of style offense no matter where he goes he's going to be fantasy relevant next year and it's definitely worth the buy yeah i think with that you just got to make sure like where you're buying is like if you're buying Devonte, you need to buy with the 
the chance that he does move and he does drop down the board to, you know, wide receiver 10 to 15 rather than the top five guy, top three guy that he is. So definitely bake that into the price you're buying. You know, the name's still there and all the, all everything they've done in the past is there, you know, in the sleeper historical stats. But at the end of the day, each season's a new one. You got to make sure, you know, you're paying the price of the guy going into the next season. So watch out for that. And I do think with Rogers, I was thinking, you know, when it's time to sell, the best time to sell would be like once he decides where he's going to go. But then I just thought back to my uh, to the past two seasons. Tom Brady leaves, goes to Tampa Bay, wins it in his first season. Matthew Stafford leaves, wins it with L.A. in his first season. So if that trend keeps continuing, he ends up somewhere else. Maybe, shoot, maybe he's got another big season and a championship run his way. And that's all narrative based, but uh, uh, that's just something that popped in my head. I got it. I think I solved the NFL mystery real quick. Ooh. Okay, I'm waiting. I have bated breath here. Yep, I know. Jace's, we take Jace's theory, and then we add it. You know, Tom Brady, home Super Bowl, wins it. First year in Tampa. Matt Stafford, home oh Super my Bowl, God. wins it. Oh, First my God. First year in L.A. Where's the Super Bowl next year? The Denver. Cardinals. Tyler Murray oh, no. wants out. Oh. Yo, Kyler wants out. Rodgers to Arizona. Oh, my God. They would win. If they all of this win. happens – this will be pasted all over Twitter. The fact that we dove through this and got it correct. Cause that, that that's some deep conspiring right there. That was solid. That was, that'll good be the day. There. That'll be the day. I like, this um, day. moving forward. Of course you do. <laughs> moving forward, <laughs> moving forward, Jarvis Landry. And I'll have the Cleveland boys take the lead on this. Uh, to pay, my understanding, him, pay, him, pay him the money. To my understanding, uh, it is the new wave where athletes just get upset and creep, tweet cryptically, not creep, twit, triptically. <laughs> Clay's Chapool. Uh, Clay's <laughs> uh, They tweet cryptically and then they get paid. Um, but are you, I'm going to, again, leave this up to the, the all the Cleveland boys in here. Do you think that Jarvis really does want out and would request a trade if they bring back Baker? I don't, I, I think Jarvis is worth I'm not going to answer your question because I think it's a silly question. I think Jarvis is worth the money. He came in, he changed the culture in Cleveland. Um, am I going and buying him in fantasy if he gets moved? No, I, I, he hasn't been. I mean, unless he goes to like Green Bay with Rodgers. I mean, it, it'd be a very rare case that I'd go buy him, but I, I'm paying Jarvis Landry. I mean, if they lose Jarvis, I think the team just falls apart. I really do. I think he's holding that team together. Preach. Preach. I have nothing to add. That was. Very well said. Jace, you're not a Cleveland boy. Oh, yeah. You, for, you forewent that. You forewent that years ago. No, 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 no. I See, I was actually born in Cincinnati, lived in Arizona prior to growing up in Cleveland. And then uh, it took me a while to warm up to old Cleveland. But once I latched on, I, I've latched on for life. The Cardinals can uh, suck it. I am a Browns fan. But you still enjoy the Cardinals. It's like me rooting for the Eagles. Like, yeah, I, fair I, enough. I, I pull for them, but uh, at heart, I, I always want the Brownies to win. Everyone else from that lens can kiss it. Kev K, let's hear it. What are we feeling about Jarvis? I'm a huge, huge Jarvis guy. I mean, I don't see him trying to force his way out. Just from the clips you've seen from him, starting with the hard knocks all the way through, mic'd up moments, stuff like that. That's not the guy he is. Um, maybe his agent is that guy. I don't know. I guess we'll see. But uh, as a Browns fan, hope he stays. As a fantasy analyst, I hope he leaves. Um, yeah. Finally open up some targets, get some youth in there, some of that draft class, open up some targets for them. That would be fantastic. But 
um, as a Browns fan. He's like the guy other than Nick Chubb on the team that you root for. It's contagious, bro. It's contagious. Super producer Nick C, last word on Jarvis. As he sits in his Cleveland Browns room. Mm. Of course, of course. But yeah, I'm I'm not gonna say too much on it. It's kind of this echo the same things that Max and Kev said. Um, you know, Jarvis is the number one on that team. There's not a ton of pass volume, but to your question, Peter, I don't see him for like trying to force his way out with Baker coming back. I mean, he he said that he wants to uh, be back in Cleveland, so I'm just gonna take him for his word at that, but. I don't know. We'll see. I mean, his contract situation, the Browns could save a lot of money by cutting him. So that could play a factor, but just more to more to come on that. Obviously um, I agree with Max and Kev definitely want the Browns to pay him his money. He loves living in Chagrin Falls, you know, just, he goes to the popcorn shop. He does all the things. He does all the Cleveland, uh, the Cleveland suburb uh, hits. So moving on. We have some Superflex talk here talking about not just one quarterback that we've been hearing rumblings, but multiple hearing rumblings about uh, potential starters for next year. When you start to look at the openings uh, at quarterback, I think it's like 10 teams are looking for new quarterbacks, uh, allegedly reporting, looking for new quarterbacks. That's about a third of the league. There's not enough star like starter quarterbacks that would get a starting job at a different team. So we were hearing some rumblings on Twitter and did want to discuss it. We heard names like Mitch Trubisky, Marcus Mariota, some other potential names like that. How interested are you in picking up one of those guys that's a little bit more forgotten uh, and has kind of done their time uh, as a backup this past couple of years? Yeah, I mean, honestly, both those guys, like I, I, I mean, if I play a super flex league, like I'd rather have both those guys over Matt Ryan. Um, that's, that's a hot take. It's really not, man. Like, honestly, like when I'm taught, like, go look at Matt Ryan's numbers. It's, it's really bad what he was putting up a game, like two points, like three, like, and I don't know. I had Matt Do Ryan was, in a super flex league and it got to a point where I was starting wide receivers and yeah. Daryl Henderson. We had him, we had him in the, in the uh, listener league this year. Uh-huh. Yeah, we he came back to bite us. Oh, but we did, you know, Dougie Mills came to the rescue a couple times. And, you know, the Davis fact that Mills. we were starting Dougie Mills over Matt Ryan, that I mean, that that says a lot about how bad he was. So, yeah, he was he was pretty whack. But no, there's there's a lot of backup names uh, on your waivers right now that I would go and pick up one million percent. Uh, I made sure that I picked up Marcus Mariota in one of our Superflex leagues Uh I feel like he's a guy that's going to get a shot somewhere this off season. There's just too many quarterback openings. Plus on top of that injuries moving into next year, I feel like, you know, this upcoming draft class is going to be too hot and heavy in the GM's minds to go out and pay like big money for some guys. I really see a lot of bridge guys coming in next year. Yeah. I, I I'm equally like in a super flex league. I'm hundred percent adding these guys. If I have the room, I'm not making any moves for them or anything like that by any means, there's still shots in the dark, but Trubisky and Mariota, especially just because they present some rushing upside is definitely intriguing. It's something that you want to have the upside to have on your roster. Um, You know, I I wasn't playing much fantasy when Blake Bortles was dominating, but I know who Blake Bortles is and people talk about him just being a godsend for fantasy. Mitch Trubisky put up a top 15 season a handful of years ago. Like um, 
that's nothing special, but week to week, if you got a guy with some wheels and the chance to run a touchdown in, especially in four point per passing touchdown leagues, that's definitely someone uh, you want on your roster. And even in one quarterback leagues, depending on what your quarterback depth looks like, depending on if these guys uh, sign somewhere or they don't sign somewhere, you know, if, if Trubisky lands in a decent spot, he might be worth throwing on your bench in a one quarterback league, just in case he starts running a bunch. I mean, he's got the upside to do it. So um yeah, if you got the space, do it. But by no means am I spending any money or any kind of assets on these guys. There's two things if you're going to add either of those two that we've talked about. They got to be absolutely free, and you have to have the roster space. Because here for a guy like me, I have draft picks upon draft picks, and I just don't have the space. So adding uh, Marcus Mariota because he filled in one game in the past two years for Derek Carr. It's just not, not super appealing for teams that I, but if you have the space, don't have a whole lot of picks, why not? Yeah, this is the time now. Go through your waivers, you know, nobody's, not waivers, go through your, your ads and uh, just go make sure that everybody that should be rostered is rostered. And if they don't have a home, bring them on home, orphan them. With that being said, we do have a very, very, very informative piece right here. I hope everybody came prepared pen, pencil, notes. We're going to have Professor Max speak uh, ad, ad nauseum here. PhD in uh, Dynasty Trades, Max Soller. He's going to be doing a little bit of a pre-combine trade advice, and then all of us are also going to give our opinions on what is the most important thing, in our opinions, for your team to be doing right now in terms of trading. Yeah, thank you for that kind um, introduction, Peter. Um, my one thing of advice is sell the news. Um, what we talk about it all the time. These guys, they're going to go into the combine, and one of them is going to put up a crazy numbers, and you're going to have guys like Nixie who love Traylon Wood or whatever his name is, and he'll put up Burks. like a, a Traylon Burks. That's bad, Max. That you don't even know like a top a three wide receiver him, in this class. Why did he? Why did he put Woo in the chat? But Woo. <laughs> I was excited. Maybe you are illiterate. Let's restart. Maybe you are illiterate. No, Let's no. Keep, keep that in. Keep that in. <laughs> okay. Whatever. Fine. Keep it in. This is just how much I don't care about this class. You're gonna have guys like Trey Traylon Burks, whatever the heck his name is. Traylon Wu, we'll call him from now on. Woo woo. And Wu Wu Traylon Burks. And he's gonna run like a 3.040. It's not even humanly possible, but he'll do it. And you'll have Nick C who'll be like, I'll give you a Christian McCaffrey for him. You sell him right there. I don't really John care. John Ross, John Ross 2.0. John, I just think that like you can, you have to sell the picks. Like if you don't have, I get he's like a top three receiver apparently, but to me, like I'm loading up on next year. I've talked about this all the time. You know, if I have like a pick four through 12, I'm going to, I would be willing to package that and a second for like a 23 first next year. I, that class next year. Um, it's going to be very stacked. Up. It was something I wanted to bring up. I'm on a dynasty um, page on Facebook and they were talking about Jackson Smith. What's his name? Jackson Smith and the Jigba. Uh, but they're saying he's like the next Jamar chase. And like, they're like, I mean, they're, they're giving him some high praise and he's just one of the names coming out next year. Plus uh, Nick John Robinson, yep. all those quarterbacks, there's gonna yep. be like three or four quarterbacks coming out that are elite, elite level talent as sophomores, as redshirt freshmen and sophomores but it's, it's going to be a crazy draft next year. And like, if I can get, like I traded, I know I like have not to throw you under the bus here, but I traded one Oh one this year 
to Kevin for like cam acres, a 23 first and something else like mid season. Like to me, it's just like, I don't know who I would take with the one one I'd rather have the mystery lottery pick next year and have that pick value go up. So I'm going all in next year. That's all I got. Something really quick about that 23 class. There's a guy I've been super high on and I'd be really uh, remiss to not spread that advice right now. I know I've been trying to keep it a little bit of a secret. I told Jason uh, Nixie about him when Max hopped off because I was scared of Max with all of his 2023 picks. If this guy has a bummer year, I don't care. I'd draft him. I'd draft him one-on-one if I could uh, in next year's draft. Uh, A.T. Perry out of UCF. Uh, not UCF, uh, out of Wake Forest. He's an mm-hmm. absolute freak. Check out his 2020 numbers. He's like six foot five. He's like DK Metcalf, but can run routes. Like the guy's a freak. The guy's a freak mm-hmm. athlete. A.T. Perry. Just just look him up. Dead serious. Like I, I don't I, I don't come on here and talk about guys and like say, you have to do this. This is a one guy. You have to watch his tape from this season. He is an absolute freak. The name's dope too. A.T. Perry just it's got it's got a ring to it. So um yeah, his tape. He will be a really first nice. round wide receiver next year. He will be a first round wide receiver in fantasy as well as in the NFL. Yeah, his his tape's really nice. But to go off of what Max was saying, and then I'll get into my own thing. The, the 23 class is supposed to be loaded. And right now, like their value is pretty much at an all-time low just because rookie season's coming up right now. And everyone the only focus rookie pick wise is the upcoming rookie draft. That's not too long from now. So I think this is a good time to really, you know, if your windows uh, 2023 and beyond to really stack up on 23 and 24 picks, um, I just believe they're dirt cheap, but um, so that was to go along with his, but for me, I think one of the things I'm trying to focus on right now is trading for the really boring guys, but their situation is pretty much set in stone. So like DJ Moore is the perfect example of this. Um, we know his floor, it's a thousand yards every single season. Sure. It's only four or five touchdowns, but you know, you can use that. He's a useful player week to week more often than not. Um, and all he had, we, we see his floor, what it is, but he also presents a tremendous amount of upside uh, depending on if they can land a quarterback or not, but he's just one of those guys that, you know, the new rookie hotness is coming around. We got, you know, you, you know, really young guys coming into their second year, third year, um, just more sexy fantasy options. And I just think you can go out right now and get some of these guys at a really cheap discount and kind of going um, along with that. Some guys like Kenneth Gainwell um, is someone I'm interested in, um, you know, boring second year guys that people have forgotten about that didn't really shine that much in the rookie season, but are just set up um, for goodness moving forward. So um, just, just dig through the dirt, find the really boring guys without a whole bunch of hype and see if you can, you know, find some value, but mostly, you know, right now I'm just trying to avoid a whole lot of risk because right now so many different things can go wrong. And I just want as much stability as possible, um, until the combine, until the rookie draft, until, um, the season starts to approach, then I'll start taking some shots when we see some more pieces fall into place. Totally. Totally agree. Um, you want to come in find those guys that's they're going to be part of my um, advice is find your guys it's a lot of fun working through dynasty when you have your guys even if they don't work out like i had two big guys last year stop it stop it he's 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 taunting with me over my over our josh jacobs trade i'm just (laughs) telling you man find your guys my two guys last year were javante 
and Rashad Bateman, and I own them basically every league. You know, one worked out pretty well, sitting pretty, pretty happily with Javante oh, yeah. Bateman. We'll see. We will see. The jury's not out yet on him. Um, but, yeah, I'm definitely taunting Peter with that one a little bit because oh. uh, one of my big guys is Josh Jacobs. Not to oh, go on no, a tangent. It's not. No, it's not. Me too. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Josh Jacobs. Think <sighs> He's about toying this. with when me. Think, when you think about a running back prospect that you want on your team, young, not a lot of tread on the tires. He's the one A. Gets goal line work. He never falls top, in the end zone. Top five running back in receptions. A lot of where that had to do to the, Kenyon being out. And where is I love him. Where's the red flag? I, I'm like yeah. the ex-boyfriend that's like yelling all the like bad things about you, but he still really loves you. <laughs> it's like she's so annoying. But I love her. I love her. I I think like Josh Jacobs was a guy that I drafted in our Mike Vrabel startup and no one could get their paws on Josh Jacobs for a long time for me. I think I turned down a trade with Devontae Adams at the time with Max. I I forget exactly what it was, but I was super high on him. And because of that, let's hear it. Yes, please dunk on me. No, you're going to be really upset if like if I I, I tell you. Let's hear it. I I, I mean, I I know what happened. I offered you Devontae Adams and Joe Mixon for Odell Beckham Jr. and Josh Jacobs. Ah, <laughs> oh! uh, kill me. That that one hurts. That that one hurts. But getting back to what I was saying, Jacobs, I was super high on him. You know, he put up a couple like three tutty games and like had his flashes in the pan, but he never really gave me like the consistency, like the top, you know, he never really caught the ball prior to this past season. And, you know, I like that, but Waller was out Kenyon Drake, who he got hurt a little later. So I don't know how much that necessarily attributed, but they weren't really using him like a full three down back, but I'm, I really kind of think he's kind of the Amari Cooper of running backs in a way. Like he's still so young and he's been in the league for three years. Like, I feel like he's right along with that DJ Moore conversation I was talking about earlier. Like, he's just really boring. We've seen what his floor is, and I think if they use him the right way, he has a ton of upside. So um, I I don't really know where I was going with that, but I'm growing into a Josh Jacobs guy again, I think is what I'm trying to say. So, yeah. I just hear his price going up. (laughs) Yeah. That's all right. No, it's not. Your running backs aren't good. For anybody out there, Right now, my face is beet red, and uh, I just got this grin ear to ear. And this is not, and you know, I'll segue into my fantasy little tip. Don't tell people how you feel about players, because I'm getting I'm getting bit right in the butt right now. Yeah, Kev K's reading me like a book. But my <laughs> actual my actual uh, fantasy tip or advice is something that I've talked about previously, and that's when you're making a deal and you want a tangential player. Uh, so we've talked about Dawson Knox, something like that. Uh, some, some, somebody that is not a focal point on your team. Like we talked last week, Robert Woods. We talked about Dawson Knox. We talked about these depth pieces that actually make your championship. They make your championship team. You can't go out and just ask for them blatantly. I can't walk up to Max and say, Hey, can I get a price check on Kenyon Drake, who is my cuff? 
mm-hmm. right? You can't walk out there and just ask for your cuff from guys. You have to eventually make a bigger deal to get fair value for these guys. Cause if you're, if you don't make it a bigger deal, you're not going to get fair value for a lot of players, especially your cuffs. You can't just walk in and ask for your cuff. You have to make and force the other owner to realize that your cuff uh, mm-hmm. before price checking in. And you know, my advice flips as well. If somebody inquires about a backup running back for you, give them a little bit of the deal, like check his team, check her team, see, see whose team it is. And, Look at the context. Why would they want this player X, Y, Z? Never just give up a deal because you think it's good in the moment. Always research. Always, always, mm-hmm. always research. Look at contracts. Look at opportunity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, you know, today I actually made a move for Curtis Samuel, who's someone we talked about as kind of one of those auxiliary pieces. And all day today, just looking at the two teams, um, my team and the other guy's team, I, I couldn't think of a way to like move him move Curtis Samuel into a bigger trade just because of the pieces in the windows. And honestly, a piece of advice that I got out of that move today is I gave away Russell Gage and Evan Ingram for Curtis Samuel, which I, I was more than willing to part ways with Gage and Ingram. And I love Gage. Yeah. Gage. I think he's a free agent this year. He ended up pretty good, but I just don't think he has a whole lot of upside where I I, I can see it with Curtis. Um, But I think, you know, the biggest piece of advice I, I had out of it is kind of goes along with Kev K's. Like if you have your guy and he happens to be one of those auxiliary pieces uh, and their value is extremely low and they're more of a person you need to just their cherries on top in a deal. Honestly, just go out and overpay a little bit for one of those guys. Like if you have to and it's your guy, like in the grand scheme of things, according to rankings today, I lost that deal because of where Evan Ingram is and the fact that I gave up two players. But you know, if it's a high upside guy and he pops, no one will ever remember the fact that I gave up Gage and Evan Ingram for him and say I over or I missed. And um, shout out to the Dynasty Nerds. Uh, Rich Dotson used to always say an overpay today won't necessarily be an overpay tomorrow. So I think that kind of goes hand in hand. So, you know, if it's one of those auxiliary pieces, you can't find a bigger picture, maybe just be willing to overpay a little bit, but just make sure you're overpaying in the grand scheme of things, just a tiny bit, you know, towards the end of rankings, if that makes sense. Awesome. An extra quarter, not a hundred dollar bill. Yeah, exactly. That's a great way to say it. All right. Who hasn't gone yet? Who's got a piece of fantasy advice out there? Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm just going to kind of tag along what Max was saying about getting 23 picks. I think at this point, like it seems like, a lot of the dynasty community is kind of caught up on the value of these picks and they're pretty, uh, I don't know. I would kind of disagree with Jason's point that they're kind of at the lowest value. I mean, it seems like the buzz has just been consistent on these 23 picks. So like, Mm. I would just say like, if you do want to get into the 23 class, a thing that's super easy to do, if you're making trades, just get like a sprinkled 23 second on or something, maybe two, 23 seconds, something like that. Just get some, get some second round picks in that class. Cause if it's this good of a class, this legendary of a class that everyone's kind of building it to be, there's going to be guys there that, that you can get. Um, so I think that's a good thing. And then also like, I'm, I'm a big proponent too, like of just getting rookie picks now, like, cause this, especially like even for the 22 class, I'm saying like, 
you can get picks now and the value is only going to go up once draft day comes around in your rookie draft. So like, even if you don't have intent on selling these players, like get your, get those picks for cheaper value. And then you can just make a flip later on when everybody is just enamored. Like, even though this class isn't going to be super crazy, like there's going to be guys that everyone loves and is like, Oh, well, I need to go try and get this guy. Like, so you can flip for a profit. So those are kind of like my two things. Like an interest rate on your student loans, 1% bigger every day. Yep. <laughs> you know what I mean? Where it's, you know, every day that moves on the, the pick gets 1% more valuable and you know, yeah. you compound that, you know, the combine hasn't even hit yet. And that's something that we've been talking about now. Once those combine numbers come out, uh, I heard a rumor Burks is going to run in the four fours and, be like six foot four and, and ripped if that happens you you know you got the keys to the store oh yeah um just any of these guys if, if they kind of pop like that this tight end class is going to be huge too like i feel like there's going to be four tight ends get drafted in your rookie drafts um so i'm 100 in on that nick c um yeah I, I agree i didn't you know the 23 class i i do agree nick c i do think a lot of people are in tune with that but I also do know a handful of people that really love the 2022 class. And if you can convince anyone like, yo, I'll let you have my 2022 first this year. If I have your 2023 first next year and you can get cherries on top to quote unquote, move back. Uh, well, you would be moving back a year, but you know, kind of delaying your window and maybe missing out on some talent. I, I think that's a great way to scheme up some 23 draft capital. hundred percent. We can't be having that with Max hoarding eight of the picks. No, you know, I was looking. I only have four picks in Mike Radle for next year. Four first and <gasps> the horror. Four horror. first for two seconds. And like, I was looking, I was like, I need at least six. Like, Holy I'm going to be making some moves this week. Um, in the Superflex League, I have eight first next year. So um, <laughs> that's going to be crazy. But neither here nor there. Um, I remember last year, right before the draft, and like Najee got announced to the Steelers or whatever. I offered Mike Walko, who held the number one pick last year. Shout out, Mike. I offered Mike Devontae Adams for 101 overall, straight. Wow. And he declined it. Wow. People get rookie fever. It's a real thing. Oh, yeah. If I had – I don't have any 2022 draft class, but if I had a top three pick and a chance at Burks right now, I, it would be very hard to get that picks off my hand – or that pick off my hands, like – People get the rookie fever. It goes along with what you said. It's fun to have your guys. You know, it's fun to have guys that you want to fade. It's fun to have guys you love. And it's fun to, like, show it in fantasy leagues. So I, I'm all for it. It's uh, I think this conversation speaks to how fun of a game and, like, how varied it is across scoring and people's opinions and roster construction. So I think we got a lot of point of views out today. Yeah, yeah. definitely. So I'm sitting here as one who does have picks in this upcoming 22 draft. I have the 102, 104, and 106 in our Vrabel League. And like I've told Max, I'm probably going receiver with all three picks. Might as yes. well. So, yes. you know, hearing from, Unless... what, I'm, from what I'm hearing here, it's basically going to – I'm going to be sitting, make my picks, and once those guys get teams, boom, that's the time mm -hmm. to sell because mm -hmm. I'm not going to do a whole lot. I've already got receivers. All right, we are going to move into a team analysis right now. Uh, guy reached out on Reddit and Twitter, both uh, really, really, really nice guy. I've talked back and forth with him. 
uh, on multiple occasions. Uh, he wanted to keep his name a little bit more private, so we are going to go by his team name, Team Art Vandalay. Shout out uh, Seinfeld. Shout out any Seinfeld lovers out there. George. George is a great character. This is his alias, Art Vandalay. So whenever he has to pretend to be somebody else, he's Mr. Art Vandalay, importer, exporter. Um, but this is going to be a 10-team league, one quarterback, half point per reception, one point per carry. Oh, sorry, 0.1 points per carry, six-point passing touchdown, and four-point, negative four-point interception. Uh, I was talking back and forth with the guy on uh, on Reddit, and he said this is year 13, one three in their their dynasty league. That's great. That's what we like to hear. And and again, that's that's the whole purpose of these dynasty leagues to to run, you know, a, as long as they possibly can. Nothing lasts forever. Maybe not even the NFL, but it's all about uh, all about just running it as long as you can and, and having a good time. So it seems like if they've been able to keep it up for 13 years, it's a great idea for you. If anybody's out there feeling like they want to uh, eventually start a, uh, a start league themselves, um, the starting rosters for each team is going to be one quarterback, two running backs, three wide receivers, a tight end, two flexes and a kicker, no defenses. I know they do IDP in this league as well, but we'll cover IDP in a later episode. Um, if one of you guys wanted to get started on his roster, listing it top to bottom, and then we can have a little bit of discussion. So here's what he's got here at quarterback. He's got Kyler Murray, Russell Wilson, and Mac Jones. At running back, he's got Nick Chubb, Alvin Kamara, Austin Eckler, Joe Mixon, DeAndre Swift, Elijah Mitchell, Ramondre Stevenson, Kareem Hunt, Justin Jackson, Gus Edwards, and Khalil Herbert. Uh, at and wide receiver before you move on jace chase before yep. you move on again this is 10 team dynasty so over time you know as crazy as that running back room does sound it's not the the craziest thing to imagine a team like that i know everybody probably just went nuts here and that but mm-hmm. yeah de- definitely a nice running back room 10 quarterback i i haven't played in i played in an heat man league not that long ago but the benches were really small and i couldn't it wasn't dynasty it was redraft so i, I haven't played in 10 team in a long time. So I kind of forget, you know, what that landscape really looks like, but that, that does seem loaded right off the top. Um, wide receiver, Devonte Adams, DeAndre Hopkins, Allen Robinson, Michael Thomas, Michael Pittman, Cordero Patterson. So he's got him at running back or wide receiver. If he wants Adam Thielen, Kenny Galladay, Curtis Samuel, tight end, Mark Andrews, Dallas Goddard, Donald Parham. At Kicker, and after my own heart, Justin Tucker. Yeah. So looking at the, at the, uh, the guy's team here, Obviously, we can say right off the top, great team. He told me that he did win the league this past year. He went with a Max-esque, you know, shove it all. Mm-hmm. He, he shoved his chips uh, and was rewarded for it and won the league this past year. And it's hard to argue that he wouldn't, given that roster construction that he's got. Um, but something I did want to touch on, first and foremost, is age in both his running back as well as wide receiver room, if somebody wanted to start on that. Let, let me add this, and then one of you two go, or Kevin, you can start us off. Um, so he's also got some draft picks. He's got the 205 in this upcoming uh, draft, 206, 208, and 210. Uh, he has a 23 first, a 23 second, two 23 thirds, 124 first, 124 second, and two 24 thirds. So he's also got – I mean, with that roster, I really expected him – to not have that much draft capital. It seems like he really hasn't lost much in trades whatsoever. He's got a lot um, of second round picks, four second round picks in this year's draft as well. So, all right. So 
I guess I'll start here. When I when I look at his team, I really obviously love the wide receiver room. But again, that cliff that cliff you comes love very quickly. The wide receiver quickly. room. <laughs> I do. I really A-Rob do. And Michael Thomas. Well, look, he's also got Devontae Adams and Hopkins and Pittman and Thielen. I mean, Hopkins and, and Dynasty, Devontae and Dynasty, honestly. I, keep your mouth shut. I'm trying room. to trade Hopkins to Kevin K. Keep your mouth <laughs> shut. Just say. No, but on a serious note, I, I, I do love the wide receiver room, and it has presented him with a chance to be versatile. He has enough capital in there that he can decide his fate. Whether you're – Again, it's all league context, how you want to build your team. Is there another big competitor? Is it like our Mike Rabel League where it's really like a four-man race moving into this season uh, and you're trying to one-up each other? Um, Is it more even landscape and you're sitting at the top? If it's an even landscape and you're sitting at the top, why sell? But when I look at a wide receiver room that is this old, I feel like your average age is probably like 27, 28. Um, You're definitely coming up on the cliff with a lot of these guys. And there's a lot, a lot, a lot of question marks. And I'd probably say too many question marks for me to feel comfortable with the with the squad you have here moving into next season. I'll go next. Um, I feel like, I don't know, when I look at it, like I feel like it's very similar to Peter's team um, between having Adams and Hopkins and Mark Andrews and Tucker. Uh, and Dallas Goddard. Dallas Goddard. Like Peter has a lot of those same guys. Um, But I also kind of look at it like how my team was. You know, we both, me and this uh, alias guy, forget his name already. We'll just call him Traylon Wu. Um, Art Vandalay. Oh, Art Vandalay. We both both won the championship last year. But like like you said, Peter, that that cliff's approaching very fast. I mean, you look at the running back room. Kamara just beat someone up. Who knows what's going to happen? He's another year older. Eckler is getting up there in age as well. Like he just got paid too. Chubb got paid. Nicholas Jamal Chubb, when running backs get paid, Mixon's not going to continue to do it again. Like, I get you have Swift and you have Elijah Mitchell. Um, Those are are great backs. But I'd be looking to move, um, honestly, two of, honestly, Mixon. I'd I'd be looking to move Kamara and Eckler probably for some more wide receivers. I I don't really like the wide receiver room outside of Hopkins. I love Hopkins. I don't love Hopkins. I'm so sorry. (laughs) Adams. um, Outside of Adams. Um, I, I think Hopkins is an injury away from just being done. A-Rob, question mark. I mean, when you're starting three wide receivers and you have to start A-Rob as your third wide receiver, all right, maybe you start Pittman. I don't know. I, I would be willing – I'd be looking to move Goddard, two running backs, and you don't need Murray and Wilson. That's what I'd be That's doing. That's fact, mm-hmm. especially um, in a six-point passing touchdown league. You don't need two quarterbacks. Yes. I get it's ten. I get it's ten teams. Like, I'm sure there's good quarterbacks on the waivers. I'd be looking to move two running backs, one of the tight ends and a quarterback and loading up at wide receiver because wide receivers are king and they hold their value the longest. Yeah, totally. Totally agree. Um, I'm big on moving running backs right before they hit the cliff. So you got a lot of those Nick Chubb actually just traded him recently in our variable league. Um, Chubb is a hard sell for me too, man. I I don't want to touch him anywhere. It's just tough because it's, you know, you don't know when that season's going to come. Like we said, you got paid. That's never a good sign for a running back. And, um, you know, there's a couple of those guys on the roster. Mixon, I like Mixon. 
I think I'd hold Mixon. I'd probably hold Eckler too. I think both those guys are in good spots. Eckler's, Eckler's getting a little older, man. He's scary. He and he's tiny too. Yeah. I, I he's a pass catcher though. I true. Like, that's pass true. catching back that's true all, as well. They always they they hold on to their value a little bit longer than you know than the Nick Chubbs of the world. So I, I you know, I'll back KFK out there. Yeah, and a big thing for me is their offenses. They got young quarterbacks, they got good offenses. So they're going to be relevant as long as they're in those offenses. Um, but the Chubb that scares me, Camara, I don't know if you can find an owner who's been under a rock for the past month that you can sell Camara to. But <laughs> um, yeah, I try and move him if you can. Likely you won't be able to. So you got to hold because he, his value as a player is so high. Uh, but yeah, if you can move Chubb, get some receivers. You're going to be stuck with some of those older receivers because nobody's really going to want to move for, say, a DeAndre Hopkins at this point. Um, but you're in a you're in a great spot to compete even with the age on your team. So no need to panic, sell anybody and lose value right now. Um, you know, go win another ship and then figure out next year. You know, you got got a lot of talent on that team. Yeah. When I, when I look at the team, and then this is kind of the, the next level that we want to run into after our first thoughts, um, the ideal starting lineup for your team next year is, a, is something that we definitely want to talk about. Um, and it doesn't have to be exactly like this, but I love Kyler. I don't care where he plays. As long as he is playing, he's fantasy mm-hmm. relevant. Oh, yeah. So we understand that a very – important thing for Kyler is to have a good backup on your team. I like Russ. I like Matt. I like Mac Jones. I I think Russ is great, but I feel like there's a way that you can downgrade quote unquote downgrade from Russ while keeping relevant fantasy value. Somebody that I would see in your quarterback room instead of Russell Wilson, I feel like you could package Wilson and something and get somebody like Derek Carr, somebody like Kirk cousins, where these guys aren't necessarily lighting the world on fire, but with Kyler's injury history, it's important to have a backup that can put up a good, not great fantasy game. Um, and that's what I'll say about the quarterback room. And I'll, I'll pass it off for somebody to talk about a more ideal running back room moving into next season. Yeah. I, I think for me, the quarterback thing, one of the biggest things you might see is the minus four for an interception. And that, that's a big chunk of points to lose per pick. But my thing is if you have Kyler, I know we didn't really see it that much this year, but I think, after, you know, D hops getting older, AJ green, I don't know if he's going to be back. Christian Kirk. I don't know if he's going to be back. I think Kyler's really going to have to start relying on those legs. I don't think they're going to be the luxury that he wants them to be. So I think, you know, with the minus four for an interception, Kyler can erase that with what he does with his legs. And a lot of quarterbacks can't do that. So you eliminate a lot of your risk with Kyler. I think you're set there. I like what Peter said about moving Russ. Honestly, like you could in a 10 teamer, you might be able to pick someone off of the waivers and start in one week. So if you could use, if you could send Russ straight up to someone who desperately needs a quarterback for just a, a position player of equivalent value, that's 100% something I would do um, and just get the full payout on a positional player instead of just like a piece of a deal. Um, but really with, you know, the lineups being set two running backs, then you got three wide receivers and two flexes. When I look at that, each week I'm really only trying to start two running backs and all I want five wide receivers in my starting lineup because that's where I see the most upside. 
each and every week. Just wide receivers are always just one catch away from a 70 yard bomb. We say it all the time. The just the probability of them really hitting on a week is a lot higher than a lot of these running backs. So I think for me, your running back room is in a really, I think it's in a really good spot. Like having Swift and Mitchell back there, a couple rookies. I really love Khalil Herbert. He's someone I wanted to bring up when I talked about Kenny Gamewell and DJ Moore, someone really boring that people don't probably won't have much interest in. Um, I think the running back room is set, but those wide receivers, they're all so close to the cliff, if not already over it with Allen Robinson and Michael Thomas and Thielen's getting even older and showing a lot. Thielen's getting old, man. Yeah, Kenny G. I I mean, if if Thielen doesn't get touchdowns this upcoming season, he will be fantasy irrelevant. mm -hmm. Yeah, it's that, that is true. And we'll see if he can stay healthy. I love the guy. I love watching him play, but he's just at that age. Mm -hmm. There's just, you got to do something with those wide receivers and with this team. I mean, you got Goddard too. You got a lot of good trade pieces and I would do pretty much everything in my power to use some of these really high end assets because of your depth to, to maybe overpay for a Jamar chase or a Justin Jefferson or an AJ Brown, or go get you some T Higgins. Or I, I just think you can, with these players, I mean, I was one thing I was like, I would throw Devonte Adams and, uh, DeAndre Hopkins for Jamar Chase, like in this scenario, like that seems like a vast overpay. But in three years, when DeAndre's probably out of the league and Devonte might be out of the league too, that will not look like an overpay. And you've extended your window a little bit. But looking at your depth, you probably can't afford to do a move like that. So one thing I would be trying to do is move off of uh, a Nick Chubb, someone who's really safe. A lot of people might be. I feel like a lot of people are down, but there's also those people that see a window to buy. He's probably someone He's- I would try to. He's the perfect sell to a guy who thinks he's competing. Yes. Yes. And I think just on to your team. (laughs) Yes, Max. Keep on coming. I just can't wait till I hoist the trophy that I'm going to buy for the league (laughs) because I want it so bad. Kev K. I want a trophy. Chubb, like DJ Moore, I've talked about him a lot on this show. If 100%. You could, I mean, I don't know. I straight up, you could probably, you could get a lot more DJ Moore and some on top for Nick Chubb from the right owner who's looking to compete. Um, Kamara, you know, he's definitely someone I'd be trying to move off of, but not right now. You would not get anything close to value. Wait till he steps back on the field. If he does, I mean, it'd be, it's probably worth riding to zero um, and taking the shot, selling him at a later date to a competitor. Um, but yeah, I think you're ready to go. I just think you need to focus on trying to get a little more youth at wide receiver, just so that, you know, when your championship window is over, um, you still got some youth and you can extend yourself and give yourself a shot at the playoffs a couple of years down the road too. Like I said before, like if you have young wide receiver talent, you, your window can be expanded forever. And like, I feel like I was kind of in a similar position as you. I had Devonte, I had elite running backs and Chubb and McCaffrey. And I mean, Travis Kelsey. And I was like, you know, like, I don't think I'm going to win it again. If like you have to look yourself in the mirror, be like, hey, do you really think I can win it again in a ten-man league when it's really any given Sunday with that lack of wide receiver depth? I would honestly probably go with not, and I'd probably go more for like, as Peter calls it, not a rebuild but a reload. Um, wide receivers. I mean, I would just go all in on wide receivers. I would go out and, I mean, my favorite wide receiver to go out and get this offseason was Waddle. Mr. Waddle. Yep, mm-hmm. I got him from Kev. I mean, Waddle's great. Terry McLaurin's dirt cheap right now. CD Lamb. Oh. You can get CD Lamb probably for unless 
unless Peter owns him, you can get him for dirt cheap for most people too. Chris Godwin's coming off an ACL injury. I, I love like Godwin. I would love Godwin on your team. Oh my God. DJ Moore, like we talked about him. T. Higgins, Brandon Ayuk, even. I was going to scream T. Higgins' name if nobody mentioned it. T. Higgins is a perfect player for your team. Mm-hmm. Jerry Judy, Devonta Smith, like even Clay Chapel, whatever his name is. Mm-hmm. Deontay Johnson, like <laughs> the Maple Tron. Like these guys are so, like you can even go out and get Cortland Sutton or, I mean, Diva's going to be too much. A guy that I really like if you're a Hopkins owner right now. If you're a Hopkins owner like myself, I've been thinking about doing the trade like this. Hopkins and and X, Y, or Z, small for digs. Yeah. I, I would I you would might do find that. the right owner who and, draft drafted him in a startup or something and got really disappointed mm-hmm. after this year, you know, after seeing what he did two years ago. I think, yeah, definitely. If, I mean, DeAndre Hopkins is one of those guys where like people who really love him think he's like you know, one the of these man. generational wide receivers that's going to play until he's 40. So like you can still find people like that. I see it all over Twitter. Yeah. And then I'll, I'll leave it on this note, but Elijah Moore, I mean, Oh, mm-hmm. a little louder, a little louder. A little Elijah Moore. I mean, he is one of those wide receivers that is under the radar. I saw something on Twitter that the Jets are going to be a playoff team next year. Oh I no, please don't believe that. I wouldn't put it past him, honestly. Oh! I, really, I really wouldn't. I mean, stop. <laughs> Stop it. We'll see what happens in the draft, but just go out and get those younger wide receivers. My number one target for your team, I think Chase is like almost untouchable in every league. I think so is Jefferson, but I think Waddle's like the next tier that I would go down to, and I would Waddle with the new coach and yeah. the new system. Is Mike be, McDaniel? He's going to try to scheme him up similar to Debo. It's going to be insane. Mm-hmm. Kevin, thank you for him. Kevin, go ahead, knock us out. Before we get off Elijah Moore, I just had to put in that he is my favorite by high this offseason. Like, I feel like a lot of people undervalue him. Unfortunately, not people that I play fantasy football with. but <laughs> And not Jet um, fans that own him. Right. If you have someone who's not a Jet fan who owns Elijah Moore, go figure out how much he costs and pay it. Because mm. the dude was an elite prospect coming out of college. We thought he was just going to be a slot receiver. He showed that he can play outside this year. So his potential, in my opinion, is sky high. Go get that man. Kev mm-hmm. knows his wide receivers. Kev was in on Tyree Kill before he was Tyree Kill. One last thing I did want to uh, mention about, about your team. Kicker is so important for all those guys. Let me finish. Let me finish. No kicker hate. This is a no kicker hate zone. Justin Tucker's an elite talent. Elite, obviously. You know, he's a top five kicker of all time. Some would even say top three. Some would even say the best. Um, I think he does have a little bit of a ways to go before he proves that. But for fantasy, the guy's been a top five kicker every single season for the last like 10 seasons or something like that. He's a physical specimen. He's not going to miss. He's not going to cost you points uh, very often. And again, kickers are players on your roster. People don't understand that a lot of the time. So they're the perfect sprinkle. They're the perfect sprinkle. Somebody like Daniel Carlson, who we're all really high on here, Carlson, Tucker, any of these like top level talent, if that's the extra piece that can get it done in getting, getting that extra player for your team, that's incredible. Because again, you got to start one. You have to, Mm -hmm. there's no way around it. You can't not start a kicker. 
Mm-hmm. And, and when when they put up like good numbers every week, that's exponentially valuable. I I agree, but I'm more of like I had Carlson in the league I, that I won. But if I like if I didn't have Carlson, I play. I would go out and play whatever kicker starts on Monday night. I don't care if it is Josh Lambeau. I don't care who it is. Just to have that glimmer of hope with a kicker that could go off for 15 points on Monday night and make my like. That's what it's that's what it comes down to to me. I get it still they're all playing the same amount of games, but it's that window, so mm-hmm. yeah. I I keep staring at this roster. I've just I I would love to have this team. There are so many moves you can make and just w- with the top tier talent you have, you can get guys that are like I mean, you can start getting like Mike Williams' throw-ins and stuff like that when you're playing with guys like that. Mike Williams is the number 12 wide receiver this year. In a five-wide receiver league, he's definitely someone I want in my flex spot when he's got the potential to go for a 30-bomb each and every week. So I'm looking at this. The I keep forgetting that you have Kareem Hunt, too, to back up Chubb. I would do – I would be trying to send them as a package deal package. to someone because that feels so safe when you're getting that return. You're getting an entire backfield locked up, especially one that runs as much as Cleveland does. I, I would try to – narrow this running back room down quite a bit if I mean I'm honestly really only trying to if you're only going to start two each week you really only need about five running backs and even your back two can just be some some backups that you hope fall into some time so I think man you got so much work to do here I mean not like you're in a bad you're not in a bad spot by any means it's not it's not bad work to do it's not not, you're not going through the dumpster and, and sifting for trash yeah I mean you got I mean the fact that you have Eckler and Mixon, both of them, I would be trying to really sell on Eckler too. I know I love um, Eckler, but he's someone, if I have Mixon and I have Elijah Mitchell and I have DeAndre Swift, I mean, you can sell Eckler at the peak right now because it, right now on the surface, it doesn't seem like a whole lot's going to change. Honestly, it could quote unquote get better if Mike Will leaves. He's at the tippy top. He's you know heading towards the peak, whether we want to admit it or not. He's a pass catcher, which is nice. This is half point PPR too, so it's not full point. He's not a full on cheat code. I I would take Chubb and Eckler and just get a king's ransom and try to land an AJ Brown or um, a, a Jalen Waddle or a Terry McLaurin or and plus like I would try to get you some home run picks added on. I would get you know if you're worried about your running back depth. You could approach the Clyde Edwards Alaire owner and see if you get Clyde thrown in as a as a throw in piece because he seems to be dead in the water, but he'll still be a starting running back. Um, yeah, I, I, you can just go crazy and get your team so much depth with the the running back talent that you have. Like you could really do like I don't know who has like if someone let's say has Clyde and Waddle and they're like hey like on the board like you can give them Chubb Hunt and then like. Thielen or something like if you had to or a second rounder and like probably get both those guys and be more than fine with that yeah I think the more people you add on to the deal like I would be trying to make this a blockbuster and just try to shift my team in in one move if you could pull away a a Chubb Hunt DeAndre Hopkins and Adam Thielen deal like think about all the assets you can get in turn and that's you know not excluding draft picks you already have a good amount but shoot, if you could pull away with like four or five second rounders as cherry on top because of these deals, like you're setting yourself up real nice in 23. All right. With that spirit, we'll do one closing comment. One uh, one little tidbit doesn't have to relate to the episode at all. 
and then we'll wrap up. So mine will be go trade for Michael Carter. It's probably super cheap right now. He's going to be a starting running back in a offense that's going to draft a elite level run blocking uh, guard or tackle in this upcoming offense as well. He proved it this year. Uh, and then just with an even better offensive line plus free agency moving forward, he's going to go insane next year and catch a lot of balls. Um, I got two because why not? Uh, my first one is going to have to be go trade for Travis Etienne. I had a couple of these little these little owners in here approaching about Etienne. Um, with Robinson having Achilles, I mean, they have no value in him right now. Like, they didn't draft him, the new like coach or anything like that. I get they didn't draft Etienne, but Etienne has zero wear and tear on the tires. He's a great pass catching back. He's going to have a really good year. Um, and I feel like a lot of people have forgotten about him right now. Um, and then my second one would just be go out and get those – those guys that are going to be free agents. I mean, go out and get like a Juju on the cheap because if a Rob go out and get a Rob, like get them now before like free agency starts, because then right when free agency starts, then you can flip them. It's like, like, I don't really care if like you pay $10 then you flip it for $12. You're still flipping. Like someone's going to buy like Juju, the chiefs and they're going to overpay when you paid Juju for like a second rounder or some shit like that. Like go Dude, out Jackson, Jackson Mahomes and, and Juju. TikTok Kings. There you go. But just go out and be a step of the head of the competition. So I'll go out and get those guys that are pending free agents, but don't overpay. I have two as well. Um, first one, add a little bit of variance to your team. So I know we all love the, the steady guys who are going to give you 12 or so points every week. But it's also fun to add, you know, that, that Will Fuller. You know, I think Will Fuller is the all-time. Yes. Yes. All oh, my God. I just got to chill down my spine. I like that, Kev. If Will Puller, Fuller plays on a Thursday night. Will Puller. He's a, he, he's a lock. Yeah, Will Puller. Will Puller. He Puller pulls pull, his, pull his hamstring <laughs> every week. <laughs> he's just pulling those balls in. <laughs> um, like, but yeah, I mean, as the resident Cam Akers. Truther. Dave Davis. Odell, I went out and traded for Odell when he was released to Cleveland. It's it's just, you know, it makes your roster that much more if those guys can give you those gigantic blowout games. And then uh, my second one is before the draft, figure out the identity of your team for this year. So figure out you gotta be you gotta be realistic. Thinking, okay, am I gonna am I gonna compete this year? What am I going to do with my picks if you have picks? If you're not going to compete, okay, what am I going to do to make these moves to grab some picks before the draft? Because um, you really need to be kind of true to yourself and figure out, can I win it this year? Or what value can I pull out from not being a competitor this year? To, to go off of what Kevin was saying, if you're in a full-blown rebuild right now, like – you know, there's going to be guys you like, guys you dislike, and you want to rebuild around, you know, a core group of guys, mostly wide receivers, if you're talking to me. But at the end of the day, if you're out making deals and stuff, and you can get the Chris Carsons of the world thrown in as as cherries in these older guys that don't seem to have a whole lot of value, but they're dirt cheap. If your window's not right now, like, don't I'm not saying go out and specifically get these guys, but try to get some older vets thrown in because when the season comes back around, People get hurt. People find relevance, and and guys like that with a with a history tend to find more jobs. And I just think um, the biggest thing I'm trying to say is don't get so caught up in trying to build your roster 
so young the whole time. Have a fluid roster with assets where you're buying and selling. And then eventually down the road, you'll acquire enough assets that you can push your chips in. So just have a really fluid roster. Keep an open mind. Don't think every time you trade for someone, they're actually locked on your on your roster forever. You know, that's that's the potential of what we could do each year with Dynasty. We could all just draft players, ride them to retirement and just keep drafting and not trade. But trades are a thing. They happen all the time, especially if you're in a good league. So just just keep a fluid roster. It's it's easy to get locked on to guys, um, but but keep guys moving, even if you really love them. All right. That's going to do it for our episode. Jace gets the last laugh. Follow us on Twitter at Dynasty Monarchy. Follow us on Apple Pod, Spotify Pod. Give us a like, comment, subscribe. Do whatever you got to do. Share it with your grandma at dinner. I haven't said that in a while, but grandmas, <laughs> they got to learn about fantasy football too. Uh, shout out Kev K, second time appearance. He's our first recurring guest. First recurring. Mm-hmm. So so we, uh, we're happy to have you back on Kev K, and uh, we'll do it again soon. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for having me on, guys. All right, that's going to be all for us. Thanks you for listening. Shout out Twitter again, at Dynasty Monarchy. Peace. Happy Tuesday. Thank you for listening to the Dynasty Monarchy podcast. Fancy some fantasy advice? Tweet or DM at Dynasty Monarchy on Twitter. Until next time, farewell, my fellow kings and queens.